Welcome to another podcast of Ambushed. This one is called, I Am What's Wrong With The World. So I have to say I have not made a podcast in a few weeks because I had the opportunity to travel to Scotland and visit my brother. And when I came back, I came right into the closing classes of my semester. Um, and now I'm in the midst of writing final papers. And so doing research nonstop for four final papers has been, in all honesty, a real joy. I've actually rather enjoyed it quite a bit. So that tells you something about my personality. Um, but let's uh, get on with this, all right? So I think I need to also say that I think I want to change directions with this podcast. There is a part of me that says that anytime you have the opportunity to speak, why not say something of real importance of worthwhile? Why not challenge things a bit to stir things up? And I thought, why not? So I think I'm going to try to intentionally throw some things out there in future podcasts to try to elicit um, more talking points, more things to think about, okay? And since I'm not getting paid for this and since I'm doing this out of my own desire just to contribute some something to the world, why not? <laughs> you know, so... I was told once upon a time that uh, there's three things, if you're ever over at a dinner party, three things that you should never bring up. They are religion, politics, and finances. And I want to talk about at least two of those three uh, unmentionables. All right? So uh, let's get started. I have always enjoyed the work of a guy named G.K. Chesterton. He was a, a Catholic philosopher, writer, who was an incredible man with words. He just was such a wordsmith and truly knew how to just tweak the English language in order to show the absurdity of some things. And so he was approached by someone. He was uh, sent a letter asking what's wrong with the world. And he sent a reply back that was published in the next week's newspaper. And it said, Dear newspaper, I am. Yours truly, G.K. Chesterton. His only response to the question of what's wrong with the world was, I am. I am what's wrong with the world. Now, some might take that as tongue-in-cheek, but I think that there's some element of truth in that statement. That as we look at the world, we need to also look at ourselves for the real culprits, for the real people who should be sharing the blame. And I think that's something that's really remarkable about the Jesus tradition. 
if it's done well, is that it always seeks to look at the self for the blame. That there has to be an element of humility and a desire, if you want to even say a love for justice, that if you really love justice, you'd be all right with it falling on you first. And so his witty comment saying, I am what's wrong with the world. At the same time, it seems prophetic to me, but at the also inverse, it seems incredibly humble at the same time. There was a, a writer and philosopher who just passed away not terribly long ago. His name is uh, Rene Girard. I, I don't know for certain if he passed away. I need to pull back from that. But he was a very important writer who examined the story of Jesus from a societal perspective. His studies had led him to examine the phenomenon of scapegoating across cultures and across religions. And it led him to see that, my goodness, every religion and almost every culture has some form of the scapegoat machine. That when things go wrong, there is someone that is selected who then becomes the person or the being of blame for what has gone wrong. But on top of that, sometimes right after that, that scapegoat has been sacrificed, all the blame has been thrown on it. After it has passed away, sometimes it becomes galvanized into becoming a hero for the community. That sometimes the death of the scapegoat gets reinterpreted as a glorious and a wonderful thing. But when Rene looked at the story of Jesus, he was confronted by something. Because on one level, you could say that Jesus was made into a scapegoat by the community. And if you want to see it as he was then galvanized into a hero... Okay, but there's something else going on in the gospel stories. Because Rene noticed that in the, other, in the other cultures and religions, the scapegoat never shines a light on the scapegoat machinery. That the scapegoat kind of makes room for another scapegoat down the, down the line. But here in the Jesus story, the rulers are being shown as being the corrupt ones, which doesn't happen in the other scapegoat stories. In the other scapegoat stories, they are still in power and they're still looked up to, while all the blame is thrown on the victimed scapegoat. 
But here, with the death of Jesus at the hands of the Romans, the culpability is thrown back on the elite, on the leaders, rather than the minority, rather than the chosen one to accept all the blame. And sometimes, I think it shows us something about ourselves as well. That the Jesus story causes us to stop and take notice of who are the real culprits here. Well, it's me. I am. We are. In the story of Jesus, the scapegoat doesn't keep the blame. But instead, in the resurrection accounts afterwards, the blame then gets thrown back on other partakers of that event. So I said I wanted to talk about religion, but also about politics, because I see something else going on here. Over the past year or so, I've been watching some of the politics and hearing some of the rhetoric, and I can't help but recognize that it sounds a lot like scapegoating, that it's throwing a lot of blame at particular entities that can't fight back against that accusation. That in some sense, much like the story of Jesus, some of these scapegoats are having a trial thrown against them where they don't even have the opportunity to present their side of the argument. And so as I watched some of the things about American politics today, I have to ask myself how many would be willing to respond as G.K. Chesterton did. How many, not only of our political leaders, but also how many leaders of our own communities, of our own churches, the goodness of our own families, when asked what is wrong with the world, have the prophetic Humility to say, I am. The Jesus story is fascinating to me. It keeps me coming back because it keeps me confused. But confused in a good way because it's the confusing that leads to like having been challenged, having my worldview tweaked once again by having a story that inspires me towards self-reflection and the betterment of the world. I think Jesus has a lot to say about how we do politics. I think Jesus has a lot to say about how we do life together. And I think at the core of all of it, 
the story of Jesus really has the most condemnation and the harshest words and critiques, really of those who are in power, far more than those who don't have the power. And so if I have to think on one last thing to close on, I have to ask myself, who was Jesus? And who does it seem like Jesus is being identified with today? If I remember my Bible well, I have to say that it seems like Jesus really was a blue-collar person, not a person of notoriety or even particularly well-schooled. There were no PhDs back then. Wasn't a bestseller. Did not write any books that we know of. Didn't start any particular fashion trends. Didn't even have a family. Wasn't known for being wealthy. Was just an ordinary Joe. Yet when I look at who who Jesus is being identified with today, it seems like, again, it seems like Jesus is often identified with the businessmen, with the leaders. It seems like Jesus has the majority view at all times. And it seems incongruent there. It doesn't seem like it matches up. So I have to ask myself, And perhaps this is something that needs to be done with every generation. Have we dressed Jesus up like us? Rather than bear ourselves of some of the unnecessary clothes that we're carrying and strip ourselves down to the bare essentials that it seemed like Jesus lived. I think the only response, not just of any Christian, but hopefully any decent human being, is that when they're asked what's wrong with the world, they're willing to either admit or at least, my goodness, at least admit the possibility that they are part of what's wrong with the world. In what ways have we become complicit with the structures around us that keep the rich rich and the poor poor? At what point can we stop and say that I am a part of the scapegoat machine that chooses to blame people rather than blame ourselves?
that's why I think I keep coming back to the Jesus tradition. Because it seems to always have a challenge and a critique and an approach to try to help all people thrive, no matter where they are. And so I hope to have a new one every Monday from now on. I'm going to hope to try to have a a thought-provoking reflection for you to argue out with your friends or your family or whoever you share this with. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to share them with me. All right? Until next time. Grace, peace, love, blessings, charity, all these things be unto you. Bye, friends.